Now, beauty, the subject matter that we don't quite address as much, especially when it comes to motherhood. Today, my guest will address just that. Abby Sprunger has authored multiple books for young adults and families, and works alongside her husband Micah as a caretaker of Wesley Gardens retreats in Savannah. Abby is the proud mother of Eliana. Eden and Aliyah. As a survivor of eating disorders and exercise addictions, as well as a member of a diverse household, she drew from her personal journey of healing and redemption of positively impact new generations of girls everywhere. Welcome to the Gems of Motherhood. I'm your host Sharon Khan. I'm here to connect you with some amazing gems of mothers from all walks of life. Each week, you'll hear interviews as well as resources and actionable tips that can implement in your daily life to be the best gem God has called you to be. Thanks for walking this journey with me today, and don't forget to subscribe to the show. Hello, Abby. It's so good to have you on the show. Oh, Welcome. It's an honor to be here, Sharon. Thank you. Yeah. Close up shop now with that bold introduction, and that was plenty of beautiful content. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a really great conversation because this is a subject matter that we don't usually talk about, and we don't talk about beauty, we don't talk about eating disorder, really,、um, especially in the、uh, faith-based、uh, world, you know. But I'm so glad we're going to be talking about teaching our children about beauty. So, tell me, Abby, how does beauty play in all of it in our whole life? I know the scripture says, you know, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in His image,、mm-hmm. and we try to sink that verse in into our life, into our children's life. We speak into their life, and but I want to know from your point of view, like, how does beauty play in all of it?、Mm. Well, and I'll definitely come back to Psalm one thirty nine, Sharon, because I think that's a just a wonderful grounding point to go back to whenever we're asking questions about our beauty.、Um, I think any time that we're around something that delights our senses and and reveals things captivating to our souls, so whether it's a, a friendship or a beautiful sunrise or a shared dinner table, there's there's such a vast array of how God images Himself through beauty.、Um, the greatest being, of course, us as His creatures. But I think true beauty. A very simple definition of that is something that awakens us to God, and so when we realize that God is fascinated by our beauty,、mm-hmm. our image of Him that's stamped on us from the point of conception in our mother's wombs, then the beauty of you know we become we can't help but become fascinated by Him, learning that He's fascinated by our beauty, and just that that combination of us knowing, particularly as daughters of God, I think the message of beauty is so crucial、mm-hmm. to know deep in our hearts our belovedness and our beauty, which comes from the stamping of God imaged in us at conception, and then that mutually draws us back to His beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really beautiful. I mean, it it does naturally draws us back draws us back to his beauty. And I mean, how would you define beauty? And there are so many ways that we can say that something is beautiful. I think all things are beautiful, but not everyone would see all things beautiful because all things are beautiful because all things are created by God in image of God, right? So,、um, yeah. How how would you define beauty? 
Well, I think you just made such an important point too, that I think it's a bit overused at times that we so loosely will say, oh, he or she is so beautiful, or this is so beautiful. And I'm not sure that that always does a service to God in the sense of the conversation that we're talking about, because Mm -hmm. the beauty that we're calling beautiful, you know, what we're reflecting is sometimes a very external thing, a piece of jewelry, a hairstyle, a not that they're unbeautiful, but I think it would do us well, particularly in the church, to mm-hmm. start uh, to find some more specific vocabulary mm-hmm. um, when we're commenting on those external, whether it's someone's weight, you know, so often you'll hear women saying, you look so beautiful today. And what they really mean is you lost 10 pounds. And I noticed that. And um, so I think to start being more specific with what we're trying to say and not clumping everything into this divine sacred word of beauty that I think is what I hear you and I trying to get at, because I, I think Sharon, that definition of kingdom beauty would be something that we can't cause, right? You know, it's something that transcends what you or I could create in and of ourselves. And true beauty flows from beauty's maker, as you said, God. Mm -hmm. Uh, And something I love most about it is that at its core, it doesn't take any time in front of the mirror at the hair salon or money. It doesn't cost you an arm and a leg, but resides within each of us from the day that we're born. And so... I'm not saying that it's not a journey of work, finding it in ourselves and mm-hmm. God's beauty, but um, it's completely accessible to every single listener today, right. uh, every hour of every day, because it comes from the Lord and it's imaged in us um, and it can't be taken away, but it can be masked or mm-hmm. hidden. Mm. And so my definition, we can talk about it as much or as little as you want, but I recently released a children's book called Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I've been surprised that so much of the response has come from grown women from say 20 to even grandmothers who, you know, have said to me in my generation, we just, we didn't use the word beautiful, like you all are using it today. And this book has helped me unpack it. And so for me, which I can tell you the story another day of how God gave me this just short phrase, but the Mm -hmm. definition of beauty being be you to the full, if you just spell out the word beautiful on paper, it's a Mm. very breakdown. Right. Um, And so, you know, essentially for me, I think Sharon, be God's Abby to the full, Mm. be Sharon's Abby to the full, because I know that the image of God's beauty, again, I'll reiterate that a lot because I can't say it enough, but it's stamped into me. Um, And so as I get to know him and get to know my true self, I'm, that's where my beauty resides. And that doesn't have to do with weight or skin color or hair color or height. Not that those things don't matter. We're not deity, but, um, but they're not the, the height and the core of what I believe God has called beautiful. And it's so interesting. A a simple example of this would be in Isaiah, when Jesus is talked about as someone who didn't have an attractive form, Mm -hmm. he didn't have beauty that we would be drawn to. And I've never heard a sermon preached on that. Maybe you have, but I think there's a lot, particularly where the church is today, that's interesting for us to ponder in that, because I think we, at least I, tend to be so drawn to what is attractive mm-hmm. um, or what is compelling or what is externally beautiful. And the scriptures don't, our savior himself doesn't, right. his security isn't, his identity doesn't rest somehow in his external 
beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is so important what you just said. And I know that you have an incredible story and, you know, just going through eating disorder and even being addicted to exercise. I don't know how you would define being addicted to exercise because I think my friends in the past have thought that I was addicted to exercise, but (laughs) I just love fitness, which I have not gone to the gym in three years. And so... (laughs) And um, but back to the topic, most of us have do have daughters. Mm-hmm. How would you suggest that we teach our children, our daughters to love themselves and even about beauty? Because when they get into teenage years or even in you know elementary years and they're in school, being around other children, other peers, and I'm sure they do face social pressure. How would you help a child to be confident mm. of who they are and what their beauty really is and mm-hmm. how to be confident of their beauty? Mm-hmm. I think in a lot of ways, I would repeat what you just said. Those last phrases are so important of reminding a girl, whether it's your daughter or granddaughter or neighbor, who you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the key right there is who you are because you're a daughter of the king. And and even if you're not yet a follower of Jesus and a daughter of the king, you you are made in his image. And Mm -hmm. so your beauty comes from him. And so it's not something you can do by having this many TikTok followers. I don't even understand TikTok um, or Instagram or, you know, I think that has got to be, and I, I can't even grasp it. I'm 39, but I, I see how social media has just, it's hard enough for me at 39, but then I watch these 20 somethings or teens or even my, my niece who's 11 and just seeing how much of their FaceTime and brain mm-hmm. time and therefore soul time is tied up into this identity that they're creating online. And so I just, the challenges that we're facing are astronomical. And so I think the more you can have real life conversations with girls face to face about, again, what you said, who you are, what I, what do I see in you? Why do I enjoy your company? Mm. Um, what what is delightful about you? Just, mm-hmm. just affirming these aspects of their very being mm-hmm. that, you know, and if say, for instance, they're a dancer or they make straight A's. Again, I don't want to harp on thinking that those things are bad or, you know, but it's, it's just idols. All of us struggle with right. idols. And so, you know, acknowledge, wow, you're doing so great in school. I'm so proud of you. But at your core, you know that I'm not going to love you any more or less. Mm-hmm. And you're not any more beautiful or less beautiful to me if you do this or do that. It's I think, uh, you know, we're so quick in the church to talk about a works-based versus a faith-based salvation. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to do anything to attain God's love and salvation. Um, and I think it's a fair comparison with this conversation, just um, helping girls uh, younger than us realize, and and just as much of the message is speaking it to ourselves, but that my beauty does not come from a works-based thing. It's great to work out. It's great to be healthy. Um, It's great to enjoy makeup or fashion or girly girl stuff. Right. When those things become the definers of our beauty, um, that's when we get into trouble. Well, what do you think some of the challenges that girls face? 
Oh, goodness. I mean, I, I think I touched on a bit of it, but social media would arguably be the greatest right now mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to peer pressure and just finding one's identity on this false persona. Um, and not all false. Some of it is certainly true, but I would say social media is probably the biggest. And I've seen that flesh out with, you know, my sort of the crux of my eating disorder journey probably heightened about 15 to 18. Um, And I would like to say that, you know, and and I can say that research has come a long way. Um, There's a lot more clarity on what's going on and why we are drawn to these different sorts of diseases and addictions. But uh, the reality of numbers is, is just not, um, it's not lessening. And if anything, it's growing. The last year with coronavirus, I'm sure many of us have heard those statistics about just addictions in general, suicide rates, and it's getting younger and younger, just access to what girls today are seeing at a young age. Mm -hmm. And speaking to the women, particularly on this podcast, I think we just forget how much as mothers, our our little girls are looking to us. Mm -hmm. Um, At least for me, I can very easily, I have a terrible memory, but I can very easily remember the smell of my mom's perfume and the jingle of her bracelets. I can hear it in my head when Mm -hmm. I was probably four, five, six years old and she was getting ready for a date, you know, with my dad. Mm -hmm. But I can also remember in those moments, her looking in the mirror and I've asked her permission to share such stories as this. And she has given it to me, but, you know, seeing her criticize her disgusting thighs or, you know, and she's a thin, I would say just beautiful woman in so many ways, but seeing her and, and me internalizing that as a little girl Mm. and looking at this mom, call herself gross or ugly or fat Mm. when I'm seeing a reality that's very different, but I don't have the language to interpret that as a little girl. And so to your question of what can we do as, as moms and as just those watching these younger ones in our midst is I think taking the journey ourselves of beauty ourselves and how we perceive God in them and, and just watching our language, our body language, our words mm-hmm. toward friends, toward ourselves as we look in the mirror, because little girls are watching us. And I think we have far bigger influence on them that than we realize mm-hmm. and maybe even want, frankly. I mean, there are certainly days that we all struggle, no matter how old we are or what size we are with our beauty. Yeah. Um, but I think again, being okay to admit that to them, like, wow, I'm having a tough day. I'm feeling really frumpy or I hate all these pimples on my face or whatever it is, but then also showing them how do we respond in that? Is that our right. landing point? Or do we go back to the father and say, even though I hate my pimples or even though I'm feeling frumpy, Lord, will you remind me that I'm your beloved? I've been called mm. with righteousness. Help me to walk in faith and in health, believing what you have said about me as your daughter and, and letting girls beneath us and around us hear that, hear right. that tension. Um, Cause it's certainly not that we're all going to wake up and just feel like these stunning princesses all day long. That's maybe that's, a habit, <laughs> I don't know. but that's not a realistic perception of walking through our days. And so to be honest with girls younger than us, but also to show them how we go back 
to the father and our identities in our days of insecurity and struggle. Yeah, I, I like what you said. Obviously, we are the greatest models to our children and words of affirmation truly does help. And let me give you an example. Let's just say a girl, like you gave an example of pimples in the face, right? She's going through her puberty stage and she's getting pimples all over her face. And then she's in school being made fun of her beauty, her skin. And yet when she comes home, a mom may affirm the child, but yet it's so hard being in school and going through those kind of social pressure. What else would you help suggest for parents, for moms to help their child to understand their beauty and to really be confident that those pimples are just a season? Oh, so hard, right? Yeah. My kids are eight, six, and five, so I won't pretend to have a boatload of wisdom here. But uh, interestingly, I was just sitting down for coffee with a girlfriend last week who has an 11-year-old girl in that scenario that you're talking about. Um, And that's a hard one. I mean, that's a hard one. I think you can only do what you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Follow her around at school all day. But I think the more you can affirm and help whisper voices of truth, mm-hmm. you know, at bedtime and on dropping her off at school, maybe tuck a note into a lunchbox. I think the more you can, yeah, just think of scattering different creative ways of scattering truth. Mm-hmm. That would be my encouragement. Yeah. But peer pressure, goodness, we all know that it's just so heart-wrenching and you're so susceptible at that age to hear your peers over over your parents or, um, and praying, you know, right. praying think that throughout the day, our daughters would hear whether through a teacher or through beauty they see at the playground or something would be reminded of a message of truth. Yeah. Naive. I haven't hit that stage yet, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, just to piggyback on the topic we just said, you know, how can we tear down those lies and deceptions? How can we help our children to tear down those lies and deceptions? Well, and you mentioned it, you know, in the intro, and I love that it's a core of just the message on this podcast. But, you know, I think going back to Psalm 139 with your daughters and with yourselves, but that's an easy one to tuck into a lunchbox too. But I think that's just meditating on God's word and getting it deep in our hearts. It doesn't mean that In fact, sometimes I think it means that we're going to have harder arrows thrown at us throughout the day. But I think that's our greatest defense. Ephesians 6, you know, shielding ourselves with the Lord, dressing ourselves, maybe doing some cheesy things with your daughter. You know, her seeing that you need it too, a helmet of Mm -hmm, salvation, mm -hmm. a breastplate of righteousness. But I think it's such a great gift that we can give to our daughters to show them that we wrestle with this stuff too. Beauty is an ongoing journey because it's really the essence of God is beauty, right? And so Mm -hmm. knowing God is an ongoing journey. And so I think somewhere that we've, we've missed it or gotten it wrong in the church in generations past, and I would love to see us shift in the coming years is that, you know, you don't want to be BFFs with your daughter, right? But mm-hmm. there's also, I think, been too big of a disconnect. Yeah. And too many of us saying, I have no clue what my mom thinks about wh- how she's insecure. Or what does she struggle with about her body? And so I think the more we can be vulnerable, not dumping on our daughters, that's not helpful or healthy, but showing them that we're on a journey ourselves of understanding God's beauty in us and inviting them doing, there's a lot of great Bible 
studies together, doing things together, reading a book together on these topics, reading mm -hmm. through Psalm 139 together, it's a connection point. And the more I think that she can look to us as someone safe to process pimples or weight or just questions about beauty, which change mm -hmm. throughout the seasons, but they never stop. We never hit a point. We might have, you know, those moments where we feel beautiful, but it's an ongoing journey until we see Jesus face to face. And so I think inviting our daughters into that journey with us could mm. be a huge gift of battling together in knowing who we really are in Christ. Mm. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we're almost at the end of the show, but I just wanted to ask you, can you share with me what are some actionable tips that you can share, you know, uh, with moms who are not just struggling with their beauty, but struggling to uh, share beauty with their daughters? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, you know, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, but I think we leak. That's just part of being human. We leak more body language than I think we realize we leak. Mm -hmm. And so our daughters are perceiving more about us, even at two years old, three years old, one years old, certainly 13 years old. They're seeing more about us. I think, you know, recent studies have said almost 70% of our communication is done via body language. Mm. <clears throat> and that's a pretty radical statement. Um, to think about as, as believing mothers. And so when we're struggling again, we don't have to be fake and act like we don't struggle. And I think that's our temptation, particularly on social media is sort of the, I'm doing all the things today and I'm feeling yeah. all beauty. And, you know, I opened my Bible this morning and Jesus was just right there waiting for me with open arms. And sometimes that happens and that's phenomenal. But most days I think it's more of a challenge to get out of bed, let alone to find the discipline to get in the word or go out for a walk or, you know, these things that we would call healthy. And so I think not in an overbearing way, but exploring that, not being afraid to explore that some with your daughter. But I think I would also say I'm a big fan of counseling. If you can find a Christian mm. counselor in your area, a safe girlfriend, not someone who's just going to pat you on the back and say, you know, it's okay. We all have tough days, but someone who's really going to get on their knees with you mm -hmm. and walk through the lies that you're feeling and the reality of shame that you're feeling and help pray and um, just journey with you into those and out of them. So I think, yeah, community, finding a safe community of women, whether it's an eating disorder group or an addiction group, or just, you know, a Bible study at your church, mm -hmm. not carrying it alone. I think we women just have, there's another lie in us, but just that we can do it all and we should be able to do it all. And if I'm the virtuous, godly woman, I can carry all this. And that's just, that's not true. And I don't right. think how the scriptures um, invite us to walk through this life. So I think, you know, embarking on your own journey of those challenges you mentioned, Sharon, and not doing so alone. If you have a, a healthy relationship with your husband, maybe he's someone you could process it with. But I think a lot of times these uh, beauty issues, it's particularly helpful to talk to a female mm -hmm. of where the shame's coming from so mm -hmm. often. I think for me, it comes back from what I was wanting from my dad as a young girl or my mom as a young girl. It's amazing how our parenting is so very shaped by how we were parented. Right. Our impressions of beauty, as we talked about earlier, are shaped by 
how we perceived our mother's beauty, our own mother. And that's just part of generational blessing and generational sin at times, you know, it comes Mm -hmm. with blessing. And so working through that stuff and being aware of your own story and how your parents and your mom's view of beauty affected you growing up. And that may be helpful to do with a counselor or spiritual director in the area. And I think you, we will all be amazed at doing that work. It leaks also. So as much as I said, the the negative things, the negative perceptions of body leak out and we'll see them. So does the hard work we do of soul care and healing and freedom. And so our daughters and our families and our neighborhoods and our communities will start to see that because that soul work really matters. And scripture tells us it's the truth that sets us free. And so I think knowing these truths about our own stories and diving into them with the Lord, that's what ultimately sets us free. And freedom is beautiful. Right. Amen. Freedom definitely is beautiful. Now, is there anything else that you would like to share with other gems of mothers out there? Oh, I love that term that you give. (laughs) Just, I mean, you couldn't go back to Psalm 139 enough, could you? But just a reminder that you're altogether beautiful, my love, and there is no flaw in you. Yeah. And that's, you know, not my words, that's Song of Solomon, but you can go to Psalm 139 this afternoon too, or this morning, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> just soak in God's word. That would be my encouragement to any of you gems. Amen. Now, Evie, uh, tell me, you have a new book, What is Beautiful? Can you tell me a little bit more about the book and also the book that you're going to share with our listeners? Yes, I would love to. Yeah, I'm going to send a stash of uh, the last book I wrote, which in some ways is the adult version of the children's book that I released a few months ago called What is Beautiful? But the adult book, I have five of them left. The publisher went belly up. And so these are my last stash. And <laughs> however, your listeners would like to have them. So I'll send you those. And the more recent one is called What is Beautiful? Um, the illustrations were done by a really creative gal, Ashley Snyder. And it's just been such a surprising release, Sharon, in the sense that, as I mentioned earlier, it is a children's book per se, but I think it's taught me that when the illustrations are thoughtfully done, mm-hmm. not childlike or not childish rather, but childlike, mm-hmm. it feels so compelling. They did such a fun job with like the cover design has gold foil on it. They just, they did a beautiful job making this book. And so I think uh, it's just been really telling for me how many women, grown women per se, have reached out just about the challenge of their own process with beauty. And that children's book has been a helpful bridge to unpacking areas in their own hearts where they didn't realize they weren't believing God's truths. And so this will be my fifth book, but by far the most uh, meaningful project I've gotten to be a part of. And from my end, from the writing end, it's only 17 lines. It's pretty basic, simple, but I think the combination of just gorgeous illustrations and has just made it a really inviting project um, for women of all ages and just this ongoing conversation we're all having about beauty. So we'll make sure you have a copy soon. Awesome. It sounds great. Uh, I can't wait. (laughs) Now, Abby, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you joining into the Gems of Motherhood podcast. It's been my privilege. Thank you. 
Thank you. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Gems of Motherhood podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more amazing Gems of Mothers and more resources, head over to gemsofmotherhood.com where you can subscribe to the show. That's where you'll find show notes with actionable tips and any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I hope you'll find inspiration and learn to cultivate your own journey. You are loved. You're an incredible gem to God. He knows you intimately. He knows what you need. He knows what you're going through. And remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made in him. Be sure to tune in next week to our next episode.